Round Podcast. I'm John Cronshaw. And I'm Russell Evans. Last week, Russ, I sent you a bunch of links. There were different formulations of story structure. So I sent you things like the Save the Cat formula and Dan Wells' seven-point story structure and Dan Harmon's story circle and the hero's journey. So I bombarded you with all these different types of story structure. Kind of threw you in the deep end a bit on that. How did you find looking at all these different ways of constructing a story? Well, it was super interesting because it sort of made me stop and think, I sort of like, where have I seen these? I've, you know, I've watched a lot of film. I've consumed a lot of media uh, throughout my life. And a lot of this stuff uh, was recognisable at first, but I didn't quite, I couldn't quite put together sort of why I recognised them. So I had to sit there and try and think of films and and books I'd read. Um, But the, the three that sort of stood out to me the most was like The Hero's Journey, which... You know, it's Star Wars, isn't it? It's it's mm. most most blockbusters. The seven point, just because it's sort of how its its structure is broken down, and you, you get some sort of films that are a bit more not necessarily complicated, but they have a few more moving parts. And then Save the Cat, which really resonated with me. I think largely just because I recognised it so much. Things like the sort of all is lost and the 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 dark is it the dark I can, I can never dark night of the soul. the dark night of the soul <laughs> and things like that. When I looked at each of these sort of sections broken down i i recognized it the most from sort of things i'd seen in the past so um i ended up sort of really keying in on that one to be honest with you and looking looking the most into it and uh sort of having a bit of a further read about it that's the one that works for me i mm. i love save the cat i think it's a tremendous tool for writers i think structure is a necessary thing to tell a good story and I know that there are people who are resistant to this and I was worried that maybe you would be and you'd be like, well, I don't want to have this kind of formula, this cookie cutter way (laughs) of doing things. But, you know, you see with the hero's journey, you see with Save the Cat, you will see it everywhere and done in so many different ways that you go, actually, this isn't cookie cutter. This is just a really good way of telling a story that resonates. Mm. What I would say to people who are resistant to story structure is like, if you're at a point where you haven't written your book and you keep not writing your book and you're resisting story <laughs> structure, then maybe consider it. Maybe think about why you've not written your book. Maybe it's because you've got nothing to kind of attach to. I'll give you an example here okay. of why restrictions are better for creativity than having an all out freedom. I will give you two writing prompts. I will say to you, firstly, I want you to write a story about anything you want. Writing prompt number two is I want you to write a thousand word story about a woman who discovers a dark secret in her past. Now, which one of those will immediately get your imagination moving? Which one of those will excite you? That's option number two, Bob. It's funny you were saying that because those were the exact thoughts. I know we discussed it briefly before we came on air. It became very apparent to me how little I'd got. Like I sort of I looked at the structure and as I was moving through it, I was like, oh, yes, this, this and this. And I got to a certain point. I was like, no, I don't have that. Oh, no, I don't have that either. Uh, And I think that is what's helped me and why I've sort of really liked the structure. You know, I was, as you said, like for for a long time in this in in the sort of the the dark years of uh, wanting to write this book, but just not doing it like because I had no structure. I had. No real game plan. I just had sort of snippets and tableaus in my head of what I thought were great moments and good ideas, but they're not 
They weren't tied together in any sort of contiguous way. They were just sort of great moments. Well, what I think are great moments, anyway. <laughs> largely, I, I think I get that a lot from watching films as well, because in films you remember great moments. So I've sort of feel like I've been conditioned to come up with a, oh, here's a great moment, and then uh, I hadn't really thought about the the, the connecting tissue between those yeah. moments. And and those moments are only great moments because they've been built up to because they're you know I said it last week it's surprising yet inevitable mm. they are in their context great moments but say if you took them out of the film and they were on their own you'd just be like oh this is fun but it doesn't give you that emotional gut punch because you haven't followed the journey of the person yeah um, and it doesn't have meaning it doesn't resonate and this is this is what the save the cat does I should just go over it actually I'm just going from my head here so if I get well, it wrong I apologise if you've got it in front of you let's yeah yeah yeah, so, I mean, it starts with an opening image, doesn't it? So, yeah, this is brilliant because what this does is you've got, you see where your character is at the start of the book. You know, we talked about your protagonist flaws. That's a vulnerability that you can improve. I can't remember if I spoke to you on the show or whether this is just something I've thought about, but it's like if you have a character and their vulnerability is they really struggle to trust people, then you start off within the first couple of scenes showing this vulnerability at play, you'll show that maybe they use sarcasm as a barrier, maybe they lash out at people who try to get close to them. And then by the end of the book, you know, they should have got friends. They should have yeah. changed yeah, trust again. Exactly. And it's like <laughs> they, they might hold this a truth, a false truth that like, you know, nothing good can come of trusting people. Yeah. And that truth needs to go usually at, you know, he talks about the midpoint in Save the Cat, that's the point where the worldview flips, where everything's thrown aside and the person goes, actually, if I'm going to do this, then I need to trust people. Um, so it's, yeah, so it's a really useful way of getting a thematic progression and a character progression throughout your book. And then yeah. what's next? This will be the, it's the setup next. Yeah. So the setup. So this will be, you know, maybe a hint of the problem. Like this is in Star Wars. This will be when Luke Skywalker sees the Princess Leia hologram coming out of R2-D2. That is almost like the setup for the story. That's starting his journey. But, mm. you know, he doesn't see that and then suddenly go and fight Darth Vader. There's more steps in that. So then there's a statement of the theme. Is that next? Yeah, yeah, just, is, yeah. As I say, top of my head here. Um, <laughs> and so this is, again, in Star Wars, this will be where he goes to Ben Kenobi and he'll talk about the idea of the light and the dark and, you know, if you go to the dark side and bad things will happen. So it's almost like you've got to stay good. That's the theme of yeah, Star it's Wars, setting, isn't it? It's kind of setting up the rules, isn't it? Throughout Star Wars, what's the theme? It's the theme, it's the battle. Well, okay. Throughout the traditional, the original <laughs> three Star Wars episodes, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was about the battle between good and evil. Yes. And so let me think next will be what the catalyst, the yeah. inciting incident. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is the bit where Luke finds his auntie and uncle dead <laughs> the darkest moment in any star wars ever we just find yeah, the yeah. burning skeletons of his wards he's just like oh okay and and so this is the point in the story now where he has got to act he can't go back if he goes back then hey he'll probably turn to ash as well yeah so then he's got to go and what is it this is where he's got to leave the planet and yeah. go on cool adventures and so this this is the end of the first act in your story so with these stories, I prefer to see it as four acts because I always build up to the middle at the mm. end of my second act. But, you know, it's essentially the first 25% usually is your first act. 
And then your middle, the big bit of the story, this is your main bit of your story now. Act two is usually half the book, 50%, and then your final third act will be the last 25%. Mm. So throughout this next part of the middle, let me think, you've got the, is it fun and games next? You've got the, what have you got? Uh, Let me have a look. I think the one I've got here is a slightly different, it's annotated slightly differently. So we've got um, the B story, which is... Okay. Um, so this is the Han Solo yeah. story. Yeah, the dis- well, discussions about the theme, the nugget mm. of truth. Usually discussion is between the main character and the love interest. So the B story is usually called the love story. Yeah, so I think the B story in Star Wars is... Well, I think you've got two. I think you've got the Luke and Leia weirdness. <laughs> um, but you've got the Han Solo story and his arc, his thing of... He's all about the money. Is he light side? Is he dark side? Because that's the thing, isn't it? All of the characters in the original three films tend to sort of fall on one side or the other. Yeah. And it's a matter of are they, aren't they? Um, Like with Lando later on as well. Yeah. Um, You could argue different things, but, you know, it's it's almost superfluous. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, You know, we're just kind of hooking onto these things. So, yeah, so we've got that. The meat... Han Solo, they do all that. And then is it Break Into Act 2? Is that the next? It's, it's, so it's Break Into Act 2, B story, and yeah. then the, the promise of the premise. Right. So the promise of the premise. What is the premise of Star Wars? You're going to have a guy training to be a Jedi. That'll be on the poster. That'll be him with a lightsaber. And what does he do? He trains to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So this might be in Rocky. This is where he's running around punching bits of meat and running upstairs. It's, <laughs> It's the montage, you know what I mean? It's the yeah. training videos, it's the fun and games bit, it's it's the bit where we see the character go from being just an everyday chump to learning how to be something awesome. I don't know how that'll fit into your story, but I mean, this is a tried and tested thing. This is where you'll have what we call try-fail cycles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a character will try something, he'll fail at something, he might succeed at something, but you know, something else. And there's all these different lessons that are learned and the mentor will be there. So he's learning from Ben Kenobi. He's learning about the force. He's learning about how to use a lightsaber. He's learning about the issues of the world through this kind of fun and games, through this kind of, um, yeah, the promise of the premise section. Let's see what we've got next. Then it's um, midpoint. Uh, yeah. This is, yeah. Depending on the story, uh, this moment when everything is great or everything is awful. Uh, yeah, and the main character either gets everything they think they want or doesn't get what they think they want at all. Um, but not everything we think we want is what we actually need in the end. This is the bit where Luke and Han, they head into Alderaan and they discover the Death Star instead yes. of the planet. They get sucked into the Death Star by the tractor beam and then they get imprisoned. So we're at the midpoint and then all of a sudden... The power has been taken away from the characters. They're trapped. They get imprisoned. This is where, you know, the more fun and games and the bad guys closing, mm-hmm. I think, is that the next beat? Bad guys yeah. closing. Yeah. So this is yeah. a bit where they're running around. They're escaping the trash compactor and they have to dress up as stormtroopers and, you know, save the princess and all that fun. And then you have the... Then you have it? All is Lost. And all that's, is Lost. Yeah, which is that's where when Ben gets killed and they realise there's not much they can really do about the Death Star. This is bad stuff. Yeah. Ben dies. And then they escape, and they meet up with the Rebels at that point, yeah. and then we have 
Dark Knight of the Soul, where the main yeah the main character hits bottom uh, and wallows in hopelessness, um, mourning the loss of like what's died. So like with Ben Kenobi dying, it's more than just Ben Kenobi dying. It's also maybe Luke's hopes of being a Jedi and all that yeah. sort of stuff. They've lost what was in in a sense sort of propelling them through the story. Yeah, and then they get the fresh idea at the end of this, and this is the thing about well we can destroy the Death Star because we've got yeah. the plans. Hooray! Yeah. And then many boffins died. Yeah, and then the finale. What? what? Still don't know what a boffin is. All right. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So then they they go to um, what is it? The Death Star, and you know they have the raid, and yeah, they have the confrontation with Darth Vader, and Luke and Darth Vader have a fight and all that. So yeah, Death Star blows up. Yep. Boom. Boom. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) The end. Okay. So yeah. So we've looked at Star Wars briefly. And hopefully you'll have been able to see now that it does fit and these things are just very useful to look at films and look at yeah. novels and things like that. It's obvious that they're in, these things are ingrained in us though from like centuries and centuries of storytelling. Millennia, millennia. Yeah. They are so deep. They're so yeah. deep. He's a Canadian psychologist called Jordan Peterson. He annoyed a lot of trans people by having an argument about pronouns a year or two back. But yeah. um, he's got this series called Maps of Meaning, which is really good. It's really deep kind of look at story and meta story. And uh, he looks at a lot of creation myths and like Jungian archetypes and things like that. So it's this idea that these story structures are just so deep within our DNA and with the development of our minds. And Joseph Campbell, who wrote The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is basically where we get this uh, hero's journey idea from. Mm. Now, he he didn't write that as an instruction guide for authors. He wrote that from his observations on creation stories from around the world. So what has become a kind of, you know, it's almost flipped on its head where people are looking to this text now to learn how to write a story. It's like these are the deep stories, the deep structures of story that exist and you know when a story falls flat or it doesn't work and we don't know why and we can't explain it it's often because it doesn't fit with these structures and we think oh you know something about it didn't work but i can't quite put my finger on it yeah that's why it's because we're almost pre-wired for story and if we don't follow that in some way then it disappoints us i think that's really spot on i think that we all get conditioned to have certain expectations for certain outcomes and i think that if it wasn't for that, you know, stories wouldn't be able to vary and play with those expectations and outcomes if they weren't already a part of us. It would just be a series of events strung together. But because we're so used to story structures, when we either get those things or don't get those things in a story, I think that is that is when it resonates with us the most. Because, like you said, for millennia, since the first time we sat down around a uh, campfire... Uh, in a cave and told the story of how we hunted like a deer or a mammoth and how exciting that story was and how, how someone got hurt or but we did it in the end like if a story variates from it too hard or in a way that seems to have no purpose then yeah i think it doesn't key in with a lot of people how this relates to you then is i'm gonna give you some homework for next week yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've looked at the blake snyder beat sheet i want you to pick a movie that you love, that you know well, and sit there with the beats and just try and map out the film as you're watching it and seeing if it does hit these beats. You know, not everything's going to fit this exactly. It's not set in stone. Yeah. But you will recognise quite a few of these things appearing, I'm sure, in anything that you watch. 
maybe apart from Memento, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that for now. Do you think you could do that? I think I can do that, yes. Wow, I think you're doing very well with these homeworks for us. You're going to get yourself a gold star very soon. Thank you. Thank you for the positive uh, reinforcement. You're doing the thing that none of my teachers ever did. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I just go, just do it for God's sake. What's wrong yeah, with just, it's good yeah. for you. Here's the reason why it's good for you, instead of just calling me a shitbag. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is why I think I didn't do much in the way of homework. Yeah, same at <laughs> you know, knowing why you're doing something is helpful. It's more than just that. It's also it's useful. showing why it's beneficial when you, you know, when you've got someone who you're willing to listen to and you respect what they say, you're, you're kind of more willing to take on faith without so much like having to have hard evidence. So yeah, so I'm, I'm constantly willing to, to do the homework assignments you ask me. Excellent. I've written a book called Stop Booking Around. <laughs> I wrote the first draft of that in a day, Russ, I thought. <laughs> yes, it's because you are, you are some kind of insane man machine. And the thought, yeah. the thought of you writing that in a day makes me feel kind of somewhat insignificant. <laughs> no, it shouldn't. It, it, I know this stuff inside out. So, yeah. I know. And it's it, just when you told me originally, I was just like, oh, right, okay. Oh, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it, if anything, it, it shows me what's possible. Yeah, it can um, be done. So. Yeah, well, we've practiced any, all, we've practiced all processes sort of speed up, don't they? But I was still impressed, nonetheless. Well, so, so was I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until next time, cheerio. Bye. Bye.